them that infest our society. Mind you, I don't argue the man's point. I spent too many years in the house and employ of Dr. Laszlo Kreitzler, eminent alienist and friend to both me and Mr. Moore, to write my guest's gloomy estimations off as a drunkard's ravings. His particular complaint had to do with the book he's been writing these last several months ever since President Roosevelt died. I read the thing, we all did, gave Mr. Moore our thoughts on it, and wished them well. But there wasn't one of us, including the doctor, what seriously believed he had a prayer of finding a publisher for it. The manuscript told the tale of the Beecham murders, the first case that we'd all had occasion to undertake together, not the sort of tale that any publisher in his right mind is going to place before the public. My mistake was to make that little observation to Mr. Moore. He gave me what's a rare look for him, hard and truly angry. I've known John Schuyler Moore since I was eleven years old, which would be some twenty-four years, and I would be hard-pressed to name a fairer, more decent, or generally kinder man. But in the angry eyes was the same fire that's always driven him when faced with injustice and what he sees as stupidity. And the man doesn't back down at sixty-odd years any more than he did when he was my age. So, Stevie, I take it that in the end you, too, are going to prove a willing partner to the conspiracy of silence that surrounds the private horrors of American society. The Beecham case was strong stuff, Mr. Moore. Maybe too strong for your readers to take first horse out of the gate. Could be you should have eased them into it. Let's think about all those cases and see if we can't find one that might be less of an out-and-out shocker but still suit the purpose. What about, um, Libby Hatch? My friend goes a little pale and looks at me like maybe the old girl herself's going to appear from inside the shop. Her name will produce that effect on anyone who ever crossed paths or purposes with her. Libby Hatch? No, you couldn't. It's not... Well, the moral implications of the Hatch case are, if anything, even more disturbing than those of the Beecham affair. That's right, I chime in. And that's just why... And even if the story weren't so damned horrifying and disturbing, you, Stevie Taggart, would not be the man to tell it. This point I find a little confusing. It hasn't actually occurred to me that I am the man to tell the story, but I don't much like the statement that I couldn't be. Seems to imply something. Hoping I've taken his meaning wrong, I ask straight out just what's to prevent me from relating the terrible saga of Libby Hatch if I so desire. Much to my disappointment, Mr. Moore answers that I haven't got the education and I haven't got the training. Are you forgetting that Dr. Kreitzler himself sought my education after I went to live with him? A few years of informal training. Nothing to compare to a Harvard education. Well, you just catch me where I go wrong. But a Harvard education hasn't done much to get your little manuscript out to the world. His eyes go narrow at that. The cowardice and stupidity of New York publishers and the American reading public have nothing to do with any lack of ability on my part in telling the tale. And when the day comes that I can learn something about writing, about Kreitzler's work, or for that matter, about anything other than tobacco leaves from you, Taggart, I'll be happy to put on an apron and work your counter for one solid week. Now, you need to know something here. Mr. Moore and me, we are both betting men. I ran my first faro racket when I was eight for other kids in my neighborhood, and Mr. Moore's always been one to take a flutter on just about any interesting game of chance. Why, it was gambling that formed the first basis of our friendship. The man taught me everything I know about the ponies, and I'll acknowledge as much even with all his patronizing. 
So when he makes that last challenge, I don't laugh. I don't shrug it off. I don't do anything but stare him in the eye and say, Done. And we spit on the wager which I taught him, and we shake on the wager which he taught me, and we both know that's that. He stands. Good night, Stevie. From this point on, there'll be just the playing out of the game, the run to the wire, with one of us ending up a winner and the other a loser. And likely I won't see much of him or at all till we know which of us is going to be what. Which leaves me alone for tonight, and I'm guessing for many nights to come with my memories of the Hatch case and of Libby Hatch herself. Under ordinary circumstances, the bumps on my skin and the shivers in my soul that are right now multiplying with my memories might even tempt me to concede the wager. But then the hack starts in, out of nowhere, rough, racking, shooting bits of blood and God knows what all.